In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope everybody's having a beautiful day. Hope you got to wake up next to the person you love. Hope the birds are singing. Sun is shining. The wind is at your back. Got a great show, great guest for you today, 2K. Talks with 2K. He's an entrepreneur, a father, a content creator, host of his own rapidly growing, immersive digital show, Love and Sip Hop. He's uh, got quite a large repertoire of guests. He's fun to talk to, and we got him here today. 2K, thanks for being here today, man. Hey man, I'm happy to be here. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, I'm still out here in the 808 in Hawaii. I know you were out here for a while, but uh, what you took it back to Texas? Uh, yeah, I am in Texas right now. Uh, actually, me and the family, we should be in Hawaii in probably two weeks. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you coming back out here to stay? Or coming on vacation? Oh no, to to stay. Uh, my wife's parents are uh, they from my my wife is originally from Hawaii. Okay. So all her parents and stuff still there. So, you know, for the summertime, we like to pack the, uh, the kids up and let them go out there for the summer. Yeah. It's hard to beat the weather, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. What, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I was, before we got started on the show, we were talking just a, real briefly about this world we live in is, it's a crazy time. It seems kind of scary, but it's also pretty beautiful, man. Both you and I are content creators and you're doing right. it full time. You're making your own way. I was wondering if maybe you could share how that happened, man. Maybe you could inspire some people with your origin story. Well, um, so to just to, to just start off, I'm a I'm a people's person. Nice. I love people. People is my passion. Like good people, bad people, all people. I just love people. Um, so when I was staying in Hawaii, I was doing like um, festivals, like big events, and so this was like from 2017 into 2020 and i'm pretty sure you know what happened in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you yeah so everything come to a halt and now i don't have no money uh like everything is just slowed up you know it's hard to pull in income yep. so um i just get on facebook live one day and well it's something i used to always do anyway but now it's just a lot of people with nothing to do so I'm seeing my views go from 30 people to probably like 300. I'm like, what in the world going on? So they were like, you need to do this more often because at the time when nothing on TV, like it's just everybody bored. So <clears throat> I just started doing it every morning. And then I said, you know what? I love this. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I just invested into some equipment and um, I've been doing it ever since and we'll do it for the foreseeable future, like for free, for pay, for, for whatever. I just love it. Yeah, yeah, you're good at it. You have a really good ability to kind of anticipate how people are feeling. And that's tough to do when you're on the other side of a screen. It's one thing when you're in a group and you can get the vibe from somebody when you see their eye twitches or their mouth curl up. You know, you can sense what's what they're feeling about. But 
it's tough to do when you're trying to reach through the screen. Well, you got any tips or tricks? That, like, how do you how do you manage that, man? Is it just words, or are you catching a vibe from the tone people use, or what's your technique? It's the technique is is probably lazy, but it, <laughs> but it worked for me. So my technique is, despite what your mood is, don't let you change my mood. Mm. My mood is always want to. I want to be comedic. I want to be serious, but I, it gotta be somewhere we can laugh at this. You know what I'm saying? And so. I'm always looking for the next opportunity to crack a joke, to lighten up the like. And even in the most darkest stories, yeah. there's always a smile somewhere, and I'm looking for that one smile, even if it's one. So that's that. That's my goal: always to look for a smile, and then once you break that ice, oh, it's it's up. It's let's let's laugh. Is that a philosophy you use like in your natural relationships as well? Yeah, I take playing very serious. Mm. If that make any sense, um, life is way too serious to be serious. So I like to take playing. Um, <laughs> I like to take playing very serious. Like let's have fun. Like it's gonna be serious with or without. Like let's 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 laugh. Let's let's crack a joke. Yeah, I agree. It's life is so it's so tricky, man. Especially, you know, when you're when COVID came or when, you know, people are stressing for money or mm -hmm. your family's got you down or something like that. But it, there's always like, I think life just dishes you that, that ping pong ball where it's, it's going to serve you up some humor if you're willing to hit it, you know, and sometimes that thing comes at you, you hit it out of the park. Sometimes you, you whiff it, you know, but having the courage to be able to laugh at yourself, laugh at people and laugh at authority is something that served me well, man. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that where it started. Um, once my audience uh, found out that, hey, the same dude that's laughing at me will also crack the joke on himself. Yeah, that's when they they understood that this is just a safe place for laughing, for for having fun. Like, yeah. if I have to be the expense of the joke so you can smile, so be it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, let's just let's just have fun. Let's just laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, um, you know, I, another thing too, it seems that, uh, I was watching through some of your clips and shows and it seems like there's been a few times where you got to be the mediator in there. I know yeah. for me, when I'm, when I'm in there and I got two people that are kind of going back and forth a little bit, it's interesting because you want to hear both sides, but then you hear people get a little bit heated. You, how do, how do you know when the right time to, to jump in that conversation is? Is it, is it something you would do in real time as far as on air as well? Or are those things similar? Well, when I'm in that mediating role, it's to uh, simply to hear out what this person is saying mm -hmm. and hear out what this person is saying. So even if it do get like a little jumpy and it get a little, a little hostile, I have to remember all of us are on the internet. Right. So we aren't together so I can like let it play out just a little bit longer with if we was in person right. i have to be stepping in between so it don't escalate yeah so i mean loud conversations make for interesting answers <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it, it gets the job done though so uh, for the most part i just let the people have it out and then when i come to a conclusion or when i hear something i'm like hey hey now you said this and you said that. Now, why, why would you do that? And I, you know, try to piece it together. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you do a great job of bringing like some clarity to the conversation too, because you do bring about this, wait a minute, you said this. And then this guy was talking about that. And a lot of the times you'll see people be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I did say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if it was at a party or if you were at a family gathering, maybe, you know, all of a sudden, Sometimes you're not allowed that. You're not allowed that moment of clarity where you can, even though you could step in between them, at least digitally, yeah. you can silence them for a second and bring about some clarity there, man. It, on some levels, I love that about the digital world, but on, on on the flip side of it, it's kind of a trip to to not have like that felt presence of the other. You know what I mean by that? Like sometimes if you're around a group of people, like we've all been around like a girl or a guy and we're like, Oh, that, that person likes us or that yeah. person doesn't like us. Like you can really feel that when you're around people. And I miss right. that when it's not in real life, but can you, you think you can ever, will we, we'll be able to bridge that gap you think between digital and actually being there. Well, um, I, I I'm, I'm so well diverse with humans mm. that, uh, I can understand the word play. So I might, right. 
can't feel it. Right. But I can understand, like, you can understand when somebody really trying to come to a resolution versus somebody really just want to drag it out. Via, like, just, just using words. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with that ability to, 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 to just, like, understand in that moment. But I know for a lot of people, like, you know, they, they just don't get it, like, you know what I'm saying, just by listening. Yeah, yeah so I, I get yeah. exactly what you're saying. You know, I've learned that, like, I, I feel like I share some of that same quality. And it, I wish I could say, sometimes I think I'm, I'm maybe, maybe some people are born with it. But to me, it seems like it comes from tragedy, man. Like, for me, I've, I've had, like, a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have had the same thing, where maybe you have, like, I came from a, my parents got divorced when I was younger, somewhat of an abusive relationship. And as a kid, when you look at that, you're able to intuitive things like, oh, man, look at that look on my dad's face. Things are coming down the line right now. Or, man, my mom is devastated, man. Mm -hmm. I can see her about to cry. Her eyes are glassy. And as kids, we don't have that verbal skills, but we do have that emotional skill where we look at them and we see it. And then when we get older, we're able to see those things in other people, man. Do mm -hmm. you think it's is that is it learned behavior? Is the ability to mediate between people something we learn? Or is it something we're born with or both? It's both. Okay. But more than more than everything is your ability to want to understand another person. I like that. A lot of people don't care to understand at all. Like, hey, I'm the victim. I don't care about what you're going through. No. Like I have I like to sit back and I like to get it from both. Now I might not agree, but the understanding is key to me. So once you get to see all these verbal signs, we 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 tend to take it to other situations. Like, okay, I remember that look. My dad mm -hmm. used to look like that when my mom was chewing them out. You know, so we you know we 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 mentally log. That's why I say you have to be able to want to understand. A lot of people don't don't care to. That's a great point. It does come down to wanting to understand. Like you you know there's a problem, and you want to solve the problem. You're not mm -hmm. trying to win. You're like, let me figure this thing out right here. Right. I care about these people. Let me figure out what's going on versus I can just drop this one line on them and crush them. Like they I, crush them. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Like, and I, 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 I don't know about you, but I've, I've played both those roles. And as I get older in my life, it's so much more fulfilling to be in a relationship with someone you love, whether you got kids or a, a significant other. You know, it, it's hard sometimes, but if you can become the listener and the, the person who wants to solve the problem, I think that you can have better relationships throughout your life, right? Right. Um, me having a wife, so difficult. <laughs> By far one of the most difficult things sure. in the world, but, you know, we have a goal. We have right. kids that we need to raise, right. and without that, um, communication is important, but to me, understanding is the the the, the be all. Because yeah. I can hear what she's saying, but if I'm not understanding what she's going through or what she might be mad about, uh, we get nowhere. I learn nothing. Yeah. So, um, having that understanding on, you know, it, it'll take me a long way. And even if she she might say, "Hey, I want a divorce," well, I also can use that same understanding. To understand how she feel, like okay, maybe I pushed it too far. I understand yeah. that. So understand, I I like to find the good and all, but uh, what understanding, like, when none of that be possible without understanding. Yeah, I love that word, man. Like I, I zook out on language all the time, and when I think of like the word understand, I think of me or you walking in like a basement and mm -hmm. looking up and understanding like the the foundation of it, because that that's mm -hmm. how it is, right? It's like when you're in a relationship or you're trying to solve a problem and you're understanding it, like you're seriously looking at the situation and trying to figure out, okay, well, how does that relationship fit there? Why is that board underneath that platform right there? And when you do it, when you look at it from that angle, all of a sudden you take like the anger out of it. You take the emotion out of it and you're able to hear that other person. And on top of that, you know, it took me later in life to figure this one out, but the way we interact with our wives like that's the same way my son's gonna interact with his wife. It's the same way my daughter's gonna interact with her husband, man. And right. like, I wish I would have known that when I was younger, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy uh, that that you say that because it's so true. 
So, um, like, the little, like, my dad wasn't really around uh, when I was growing up, but the little interactions that I did have, I remember how he handled situations. Even, like, I'm talking about these probably were, like, 5% of my entire childhood, but I, I remember exactly how he handled situations with my mother. Was it was, uh, okay, I'll take this from there to do this, or don't do that, don't do this. So these times are extremely important, even the, when, when you got them like this. So yep. what you're saying is like 100% facts, man. We are our parents. Like, we are yep. our parents. Yeah, I was, um, I do a lot of, uh, I talk a lot about, um, or, or lately it seems that I've been kind of finding myself in like this world of mental health. Maybe it's because I'm in Hawaii and I'm surrounded by like the soldiers out here. Maybe my dad was a veteran and I kind of grew up in like this PTSD and kind of environment. Or maybe it's COVID, man. Maybe everyone's kind of, you know, you see the way in which people were sort of battered around or subjected to this weird kind of authority. But yeah, man, I, I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about mental health and this conclusion that I came to is kind of what we're talking about. Like, it seems that a lot of the problems we have, whether you're George or 2K, or a lot of the problems our parents have. And if we don't, if you and I don't solve those problems, then our kids have to solve them, man. Right. It's a weird thing to think about that as a generational level, right? It's kind of strange. Yeah, I was, I was speaking about mental health yesterday. Right. And I came to this, this conclusion that a lot of people didn't agree with. Oh, what's that? Let's hear it. That um, mental health is basically us feeling sorry for ourselves. I'm not speaking about mental illnesses, right. right? But the mental health aspect is is us in our own way. Mm. So the minute I, because I suffer from mental health, but the minute I rearrange the way I thought, right, and then I start telling myself it can always be worse. Yeah, that's when stuff just started to get better. <laughs> like. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm dragging myself down about this. And this person right here got it 10 times worse. Like, who am I to complain? Like, let me stop. And the minute I adopted that mindset, yeah, all my little, my mental health issues, they was like, they was tiny. It was, it was nothing because I wasn't even going through the worst variation of what I was going through. Who am I to complain about that? So that changed my outlook on mental health. I think, forever like seriously so i always tell uh, people like i know it's kind of hard at first but if you if you start to look at it like that and get out your own way you will notice the mental health problems become like nothing nothing and i am a veteran i uh, yeah. i did serve and you know I, I suffer from ptsd but i still have to get out my own way and that helps yeah man you know it's I remember uh, there's a there's a saying that people use sometimes. I, I use it myself too. It's, it's all in your head, whether mm -hmm. it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's sad. Whether it's, it's all in your head, man. And you can change the way you see the world by changing the way you think, man. And I, I love the way you said it. Like it's, it is mental health. Here's how I break it down. I look at mental health as like the patterns of language we use in our own mind, mm. right? Like. They say depression is being trapped in the past. Oh, man, I can't believe that happened to me. Man, I can't believe that chick left me, man. You know what? If, if I just would have done this thing, it'd be so much better right now. That, that's depression. Yeah, exactly. And they say anxiety is being trapped in the future. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen, man. What, mm. what, what if that goes over there, you know? But like you said, it's all in your head. You can't, you can't change the past, man. You can't. You can't worry about the future because you ain't there yet. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. But those two places will stick you there. And you'd be paralyzed. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd just be stuck. So it's when I think about mental health with the people that I speak with, I always try to come across and let them know, look, man, you, you got to have healthy language patterns. And those language patterns begin inside your own mind. How are you talking to yourself, man? Are yeah. You, hey, George, you're looking beautiful today. Hey, George, you're handsome. Or, hey, George, you know what? You messed up, but you'll be better next time. Because that happened, you won't do it again. Yeah. So these, these patterns, right? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like a um, negativity is a is a vortex. Yep, yep. Uh, you start saying one bad thing right here, then it leads to another one, and then it just starts to spiral out of downward, out of control. Yeah. Um, the minute you stop yourself, you're like, "Hey, you can do it. You got it. Could be worse." 
Yep. Keep going. Things start to get better. Like you start to take off. Yeah. And man, uh, <clears throat> a lot of people aren't taught to be resilient. Like that's that that's a big thing. So I, I preach resiliency in this household a lot because you will fall. Everybody will. Yeah. It's how you react to you falling. You know, when you on that ground, it, are you thinking about what you're gonna do when you come back up? Yeah. And um yeah, so a, a lot of the mental health thing I blame on us, not mental illness. I know that is two completely different right. things. Um, but mental health, I feel like a lot of it can be alleviated if we get out our own way as people. Yeah, I agree too. I um you know, it kind of brings up this idea of addiction. You know, I, I think sometimes we get addicted to that victim mentality, you know, mm. like all of a sudden people start giving us attention because something bad happened to you. Mm-hmm. And you start seeking that attention, you know, or, you know, it, it's interesting how, how those things can affect us, you know, and you spiral downwards and it's crazy to think about what, uh, what's your take on addiction, be it with drugs or like a mental addiction. <clears throat> the best, um, the best thing I, I think I ever done as far as addiction wise was not start. Yeah. Okay, so I, I never smoked uh marijuana. I did any drugs. Uh I did drink once I get in the military, but once I felt myself slipping, I still had the willpower to catch myself. But I do see what addiction has done to my community, my friends, loved ones. And like it's 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 something that's hard to shape. You know what I'm saying? I look at it like it's effortlessly because I never started it. I mean, just stop, but I don't know what you're battling at this moment. So I really can't speak a lot to addiction, uh, especially when it comes to drugs, but I can only imagine what it does to the body. Yeah. 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 How you feel about it? Well, <sighs> be brutally honest. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that it is on some level. I used to think it was weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think like, oh, this person's not mentally strong enough, man. They're they're just weak. But you, but as you I, kind of yeah, have a point with that. Yeah, I you know, but but the but I took it one level deeper too, kid. I okay. went like this. I went, man, that, that's a pretty bold statement for me to judge someone like that, call them weak when I don't even know what they're going through. So I went from that that person's weak to like, well, how do I know they're weak? And then it, it kind of made me think. Well, it seems like they can't control themselves. And then it, it kind of hit me like, oh, man, you know what? I, I'm just judging myself. Like, I'm weak. You know, the only way I can see weakness in other people is I recognize it. Mm-hmm. So when, when, I, when I'm like, that person's weak, what I'm really saying is that, like, I recognize weakness in them in me. I know that's kind of like, it's kind of meta, but, like, I used to think that people that were addicted were weak. But now I think it's maybe that, no, they, they don't. It's more of a lack of courage in a way. And I know that sounds kind of mean. No, it's a lack of courage. I think you're hitting right on the head. You think so? Yes, yes. Um, you have to understand, like, okay, me and you, I think we kind of, my God, my daughter with me. Uh, beautiful. She's beautiful. We, we kind of handle problems the same way. Right. All right. Go, go back upstairs with my mom, okay? We kind of handle our problems the same way. We, we like to meet our problems you know, you're yeah. halfway, head on. Yeah. But the minute you start looking for substitutes, um, like let's say marijuana. Okay, right. you would rather get high than face and conquer this problem. That is a sign of weakness. You 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 know, I, I get exactly what you're saying because right. instead of manning up and, and handling this problem, you looking for a way out, you're looking for a coping mechanism. Right. So uh you what what you just said when entirely wrong get all, but that is a fair observation of what you would see as weakness, and I I, I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's like you know you, and in some ways, like it's hard to explain, but in some ways, like when I see other people, I see them as a mirror. So when I see someone that's weak, it's like, oh man, I see this person run into this thing because they're scared. I've been scared and I've wanted to run before but because I saw that person. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Cause now you can see other people and understand the outcome of your actions. Right. right. Like you look at it from that angle. That was, you know, 
that was one of the biggest reasons I never tried marijuana. Okay. Well, I got seven, eight, nine, ten examples right here on why running to marijuana didn't work. Okay. Like it is marijuana, not a, a horrible drug, but it do do something that I don't think that the rest of the drugs do. It causes complacency. Mm. And I, I feel like complacency has killed more dreams than probably a lot of drugs. So with everybody being so complacent, I got to see firsthand on what this drug could do to me. I, I got to see what alcohol could do to me. And so uh, it was, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I can look at other people's situations and see what effect that this have on them and not want to do it at all. Because I know some of the people that that these drugs was overtaking mm. was greater people than myself. Like, I held, I held them in a higher stature than myself. Right. So if it can do that to them, I bet not mess with it. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. Do you, do you think it was the drug that did that to them? Or did they just do it to themselves with that drug? They definitely did it to themselves. Um, mm. At once upon a time, that drug wasn't a part of their life. Right. They made it a part. Right. Right. So the first time you 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 know you chose to try this, that was you introducing this to your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I can't necessarily blame it on the drugs because you was the one that that tried it. Yeah, it's interesting to think about those relationships because I I know some people that like they turn to some dirty drugs, man, and they end up living a dirty life. And I also mm -hmm. know people that turn to some drugs and do they got a healthy relationship with them? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, they they. And that's a weird thing to think about too, because you know when I was growing up, there was like this dare program, or maybe got the this is your brain on drugs. They show yeah, the egg the in there, egg. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you see somebody that's like eating magic mushrooms, or maybe someone that smokes weed, and they're performing at this level up here, and you're like, wait a minute, how can those two things be the same? You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that's when I started thinking like, okay, it is while while you know drugs can be bad. Anything can be bad, but what is it about this individual that's making them spiral down? It's relationships are so fascinating to me, man. Yeah, uh, everybody don't have the same drive, and like, right? right. So you know, this drug gonna it gonna mix with your body a different way than it do from there. Yep. And I just wasn't really willing to take that risk to see how it's gonna mix with mine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. I do know some people who do excellent. On drugs, I mean a functional, yeah, functional weed head, right. uh, functional right. coke head, yeah. And I can't blame. Them. I mean, do do what you need to, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but everybody don't take well to them same drugs, so yeah. It, you know, do what you can handle. I guess it's like sometimes, like I think power or money can be like a drug too, right? Because you can see some people get twisted in those same habits, the same way they get twisted in drugs, right? Yeah. Um, especially greed. Yeah, that'll get you, man. Greed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I tell people all the time that um, the greatest. How, how how can I put this to make it make sense? Um, the 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 greatest thief of joy is comparison. Mm. That's that's deep. I like it. That's like me looking at you. And I see your paycheck. Let's say you leave your paycheck on on your, your drawer. I see it's say fifty thousand. Oh, you made fifty thousand, and I made twenty. And I get mad because you made fifty, and I made twenty. You made thirty more than me. Instead of me being like, um, "Oh, he making more money than me," I need to ask myself, "What did you do to obtain this other yeah. thirty thousand? Yeah, am, am I willing to do what you do?" Or did to make the extra money. See, that's what a lot of people don't do. They see you, they see themselves, and wonder why. Yeah. Like, it's a difference why Michael Jordan was the highest played basketball <laughs> player and this person wasn't. Because Mike stayed at the gym eight hours a day shooting free throws, working on his game, and you went home after practice. Were you willing to put in that work? No. So, um... Yeah, comparing yourself to somebody else's situation causes them type of things like um, greed and money addiction and powers addiction. And that's 
that's terrible, bro. Like, I always try to stay grounded. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah, that's a great point, man. I'm gonna I gotta write that down. I, I comparing yourself to other people, especially using money oh, yeah. as like a as a as a measuring stick, man. Like oh, it's yeah. such a false barometer, it's such a false measuring stick, man. If, if this is hard for anybody listening, this is hard to do. But if you can think outside of money, like what do you love to do? What do you want to do? Just that's the thing you gotta do. That's the thing. Money will come, right? Listen, every time <laughs> I have tried. To work a job for money, I made no money. <laughs> Anytime I have done everything that I love uh, with this podcasting or was it doing, throwing the events in Hawaii, yeah. I made, I mean, bukus and bukus of money. It like it just falls on my, my lap. <laughs> like, hey, here goes some money. Uh, and I tell people all the time, I listen, do what you love. Yeah. Do what you love is like you doing nothing like I can be yeah. down here easily eight hours a day yeah. without me knowing because I'm I'm loving what I'm doing. This is this has never worked for me. Never worked. <laughs> never. Yeah, but I tell people that all the time, man, please do what you love, man. Stop doing what what the what the dollar amount say. Cause you're gonna be always working, you're gonna be a slave to that dollar amount. That's really well said. I I know because I lived it, man. I was a UPS driver for 26 years, man. It just you know, and, and it's so easy to fall into that rhythm of like, you know, what really got me 2K was like a lot of people, myself included, like I became what my job was. You know what I mean by that? Like people identify who they are yeah. by what they do. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're a truck driver. Okay. Just in period stop. Like, wait a minute. No, I'm way more than that. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a son. I'm a, you know, I'm a brother. I'm a friend. I'm, a, I'm all these other things. But too many of us get caught up in that one thing that people see us as. And they want to put us in this box. And if you go out and you do something you don't like, you're putting yourself in that box, man. Well, a, a, lot of us get, a lot of us get caught in there. Um, yeah, it's true. It, think about what a man wants the most, a woman. Yep. Now, when you meet a woman, the woman, but almost before she even asks you your name, the her number one do? question after that is going to be, what do you do? So you always want to be uh, when somebody asks you what do you do, you want to have something that can wow her or that can secure her in a, in a form to be attracted to you. Yeah. So I know people right now who one of my one of my close friends, he's a lawyer. He hated. He hated. He hated. But he um he loved the wow factor and what and the perks of being a lawyer. Right. More than he loved the job, so that what he I feel like this is what he gonna do his whole life, and he just gonna retire like I ain't, I'm not, I won't say miserably, but I, I know for a fact he not doing what he love. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really eating them up. It's like relationships, man. If if you, if you're with someone and you don't love them, what are you doing there? If you get up and you go do something every day, what are you doing? There? It's the same thing, man. You're gonna be in a house with something you don't love, like that. That's that's your job, man. Like yeah, and it's it's easy to say when it's hard to do like if you got a family you got a mortgage your kids in school kid needs shoes need braces like it's really tough just to walk away from a paycheck you're getting every month especially if you're living paycheck to paycheck oh yeah so i don't fault anybody for it I, I was i was smack dab in the middle of it but i've learned and i the reason i bring this up is because i if there's a younger george or a younger 2k listening to this i would hope that you would face the fear before I did at the age of 48. Because if you begin facing the fear, if you begin walking towards this thing you're afraid of, your life will open up for you. But you got to have the courage to do it. Yeah, I got lucky, George. Okay, how so? Um, <laughs> I got <laughs> – so um, my my wife, she, uh, you know, I, she like all the guys are babysitting. The kids and all the women are going out. So it's like six of us. And at this time, I'm younger. I'm, I think I'm 25 at this time. So, you know, all of us, we meet over here. So it's kind of like a guy's night in while the girl's night out. So all of us over here, and these are way older guys than me. So they got mm. to talking to me. They was like, hey, man, don't never settle. Do what you love. Um, always have fun. They was telling me exactly what. They want it. And I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking like these guys are, you know, like, like successful. They, you yeah. know, they family men. 
And all they could think about was their regrets. And I was thinking, like, when I'm that age, I don't want to be thinking about the stuff that I could have done. Yeah. And if them men would have never sat me down and, and, and talked to me, I'm pretty sure that was my future. So when I say I got lucky and I echo what you just said, don't wait until you 48. Don't wait until yep. you lay down in life. Go for it now. Now, ain't nothing stopping you but you. Go for it now. That is well said, man. I, in some reason, do you think that maybe that's what inspired? Like that's why you're doing what you're doing now. In some ways, you're doing what you love, but you're also kind of giving that same speech those men gave to you. But you're giving it on a daily. Oh yeah, uh, I was always kind of ambitious, um, but I didn't because my my father wasn't really around. I didn't know what a father was. Right. So my perception of a dad was everything I seen on TV. Mm-hmm. I thought I was supposed to have a nine to five job, yeah. come home with the kids, get yelled at, uh, drink a beer, <laughs> and you know, just you know, like that's really that's what I really thought being a dad was. And I had to figure that out that everything is it's not cookie cutter. Like it don't have to be like this. So that's when I started to uh, make make decisions. A lot of them the wife didn't like, but once she seen the payoff, <laughs> she was on board. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it was cool, but yeah, I'm I always echo me um echo them sentiments like you know, go for it, bro. Go for it. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, you know, I like the idea that you brought up about cookie cutter. Like there's all these preconceived ideas that you can have that society mm-hmm. will give to you. You could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be a truck driver, you mm-hmm. could be they have all these things they pre-made for you, but the best things are are the things that you want to do, you know? And it, it's just weird how, you know, if you just have the courage to go outside that box. And, and, and I think something too is believing you can do it. That's a hard one, man. Yep. Believing you can do it, right? Well, it's kind of hard, George. Cause like yeah. when you think about it, like we go to school all this time and like school to me need to be reformed. Here, here. Man, cause like you got to think about it. Like school has been the same way since literally for how long now like everything has moved on but the education system yeah i feel like we need to stop trying to force all these subjects like me like no matter how much i do math i'll never be good at but when it came to some like public speaking or, or, or social science i needed the teacher to be like hey this is your strength yeah we still gonna work on the weaknesses but your strength is this so you're yep. most likely to succeed in this and that's what they uh, tailor my curriculum around. So I can really be successful in life versus trying to put these cookie cutter ideals right. in me. And I feel like if um, school were to have a reform, we'll get more productive citizens that way. Yeah, that's really well said. There's a there's a famous study by like this Russian guy. His name was Pavlov. And what he did is he trained these dogs to salivate. Like So he would put food in front of them and then he would blow a whistle. And he kept doing that until one day he wouldn't even have to put the food in front of the dogs. He just blow the whistle and the dogs knew it was time to eat. So they start salivating. Yeah. And those same methods that that guy used are used on kids in school today. Wow. Like we train them, man. Like think about it. You go and you sit in a class and you have an authority figure stand up in front of you. And what happens? Bells and whistles, man. Hey, brr, okay, go to your next class. Brr, go to the next one. Oh, you need a pass to go to the bathroom. You better ask authority if you can go to the bathroom, you know? Wow. And so like, no, no wonder why the kids today aren't performing at their best. No wonder they don't believe in themselves because they've gone through 12 years of this conditioning practice yeah. where you have to do these things a certain way. And it, I think it speaks volumes of, of why there was a saying with the school I went to, like the, uh, the A and B students make great managers, but the C students, the C and D students, those make the best leaders because those yeah. are the kids in class that were like, this is bullshit, man. I don't, I don't believe any of this. You know, I'm going to yeah. do this other thing over here. But someone like a doctor, and God rest them, I, I love all the doctors out there, but a doctor goes to school from the age of like four to 27. I mean, if you just sat in a class for 27 years, what do you learn except how to take orders, man? You don't, you don't right. think critically. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, I was a C, sometimes D student. Right. And it wasn't because I, I was dumb or couldn't obtain information. I was just uninterested. It just hey. wasn't for me. Right. 
Like, <laughs> I, I get what y'all are saying, but this is not interesting. Now, when you put something like history, I love history. Right. I love history. I love social uh, and political science. So when it comes to stuff like that, I was all in. A student, don't worry about it. I got it. But uh, but but what you said was exactly right, man. Um, it, I feel like you, you almost being literally trained from school to work. Yeah. You know, you do the eight to five, and then you start getting up for work. You go to work at eight, and you get off at five, and like, oh my god. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's ironic that school is eight hours a day, and work is the typical work uh, day is eight hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad you say that. I'm I'm gonna have to look into that uh that, that study. Yeah, like the obedient workers is what they're training. You know what I mean? They're training yeah. the obedience into you and the critical thinking out of you, man. They want people just smart enough to listen to all the instructions, but not to question them. Not you know? to question, I, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they always say that. Oh, uh, when I used to work, we they make they 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 pay us just enough to make it back to work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yep. it's just enough to make it back to work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I've always had a problem with authority. Not, not that like I didn't respect people that were in leadership positions. Not that I didn't have respect for people that know what they're doing, but just someone telling me what to do without explaining why it's the right thing to do, you right. know? And like, I'm all for working together. I'm all for collaborating. You know, I want a seat at the table, man. I think I've earned that. And I, right. I, you know, I think, and that goes not, when I say me, I think us, like everybody that's participating in something, hey, look, your voice should be heard. I don't care if he's right or wrong. That person's voice should be heard, right? Right. Right. So, now, I understand, especially, um, that's why the military wasn't a long term yeah. thing for me. Okay. It, it's, it's crazy because that what made me uh, successful in the military. Sure. My defiance. I was um I was a great team leader because of my ability to think outside the box while being in the field. But on the flip side, when we in garrison and we so garrison, we call it that's like the workplace. Okay. It's like the office. So when we at the office, the same thing that made me good while we was in the field keeping the people alive, uh, they hated it in the office because why are you questioning us? It wasn't that I was questioning right. authority. Like, no, I'm questioning you because I feel like it's a better solution yeah. for what you're trying <laughs> right. to do. Right. And and even if I am wrong, like you should want to be uh voiced, uh, you should want fresh ideas to you know yep. be coming to the table. So uh I, I I'm I'm with you. I, I I don't like authority, but I'm not disrespectful to it. It just yeah. I've always feel like it could be an easier way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I think that there's something to be said about, you know, if there's a problem and the person below is asking you a question, like that that person should be somewhat celebrated because that person cares about the outcome. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they're not trying to cut you down or say you're dumb or question your authority. Like, hey, what about this? Oh, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Otherwise, we would have failed, you know? And yeah, I think it speaks volumes of the character of the, the leaders that that they try to squash that. Like they don't want that in there. I just, I don't know. I, I, I go off on those tangents sometimes where I, I had a, uh, I'll give you an example. I had a, a recent uh, sit down meeting with some people when I was a UPS driver and we sat in this meeting and we're in there talking and they showed me these different set of numbers. They say, you know what, George, here is your performance numbers of what happened. And I'm looking at them and they go, you know, you're just not performing at this, at the, at the highest level that you should be. Right. And I'm looking at their numbers and I go, oh, you know, it seems to me that you guys didn't measure all the variables. You know, like you've got three columns. You have like the stops per hour, the amount of time I was out and how, and the break that I took. But right. what about the what about the road conditions? What about yeah. how heavy the boxes were? What about the, the traffic that was out there? Shouldn't those be in the equation? Yeah. And they, they just stare at me. And this you know, yeah. <laughs> And for a lot of the reasons, that's kind of them saying they don't care. That's exactly what they're saying. And, and I just—that's what I was saying back. To them. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't care. Yeah. But what are you gonna say to that? You got nothing. Yeah. And so you—you you asking all the right questions, but right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing this one time, George. Um, this actually made me quit one of my favorite jobs. Okay. I was working retail, and I love re retail because once nice. again, it's people. 
Right. So um, <clears throat> my manager pulled me in the back, and she had a, a, a worksheet of my production from the previous year. Right. And so I get to see how much I made the company. I made the Ooh. company over $1 million in sales. She was like, hey, you did such a great job. We're going to give you a raise. The raise was one quarter. I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm putting in my two notice. I, right. What? I made you a million dollars in sales, and the best you could have did was a quarter. So right. uh, recognizing uh, self-worth. Yeah, great point. You know, recognizing self-worth, but not, but not overvaluing yourself neither. Because a lot right. of folks will overprice themselves way too fast. Right. So I try to always try to check the market. And my way of checking the market was looking at um my other other uh co-workers. And they they weren't even they was like barely a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, man, I could be making this money for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was cool. I, I love that job. I, I love that job so much, but you know, I had to want more so I can do more. And that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So sometimes I think that these examples we're talking about are like a good introduction into like self-awareness. Like, cause we wouldn't even know, you wouldn't even know you made that company that much money, or I wouldn't even know that those guys were rating me on a scale that was lacking, you know, columns unless we became aware of it. Right. Oh, look at this thing. Oh man, I didn't even know that, you know? And sometimes that self-awareness is what allows you to be free or, or taking it back to the beginning of our conversation, allow you to, to, not have that that the negative loop talk in your mind. You know what I mean? When you start becoming aware of what is possible, when you start becoming aware of what you've already accomplished, man. Like, what is your take on self awareness? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's so, sometimes, man. Like, uh, you 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 be so caught up in the moment, yeah. Or you 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 so caught up in the grind that you don't you don't take that time out to right. recognize yourself. Uh, that's that's a really hard one. Because even now, I still I still kind of do that. I'm aware of who I am and what I can do, but sometimes it, it's I don't understand what I'm doing until a peer mm. who in the same field tell me like, "Hey man, I don't know how you do this show. Like you working all the boards and you doing this and you the talent and you talking to this person and that person. I didn't know it was that hard until somebody who tried to do it told me." So self-awareness uh a lot of times come from other people. So I I'm still trying to get a gauge on self-awareness. I really can't speak too much on that right now. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the way people see us make us aware of who we are. They mm -hmm. they talk about our traits. We we get back to that idea of our relationships being like a mirror of who we are. And like, that's a huge compliment when someone says like, man, how are you doing all this? Like you're talking to everybody. You're trying to anticipate the content. You're listening. You're anticipating. You got your kid over here. You got, you know, you have 12 things going on. How do you do that? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I just do. I don't know. I've never even noticed it. Like, right. Yeah. But then all, but at that moment, then you're aware of it. You're like, yeah, I am doing all that, man. I could probably do four of the things on top of that. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like when you, uh, when you're ratcheting something, you get that last click, like click and it boom, gets right into place. You're like, oh, okay. Now I figured it out. I am doing this. I am a podcaster. Right. I am a professional now. Like I, I was the whole time, but now I realize it. It's, and that can, that can have a radical shift on the way you see yourself. When you get to hear other people talk about you in a way like that, it can, it can change. It can be like a paradigm shift, man. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, it, it really was. Cause I, you don't like it's a lot of stuff behind this camera. Like I got right. a three camera set up, a board, and when I have talent on, you have to listen, and I have to talk and be funny, and then I got the comment section. It's so much happening, and I'm just going with the punches. I'm just thinking this is what it is. Yeah. But when you know when somebody make you aware of what you're doing, you just don't like. Oh wait, dang, this is kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 crazy, and it is a compliment when when you know once you get told it. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's like dancing, like you know when you're just out of place, you're dancing by yourself, and you're paying attention, yeah. and then all of a sudden when people start looking at you, you're like, oh man, I better watch my better watch this move over here or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get all embarrassed. Oh shoot, man, are people watching. <laughs> but 
yeah, man, it's it's interesting to think about, but I I don't know. 2K, I'm coming up on an hour right here, man. I, I got to say, I love talking to you, man. This has been really fun. I hope we can do more of them, man. Oh, yeah. Like, anytime. This this is all I do. Okay. This is all I do. Uh, anytime you need me, I'm here for you, bro. Okay, man. Well, uh, before I let you go, though, where can people find you? What do you got coming up? And what are you excited about? Uh, I'm excited about um waking up tomorrow just yeah. just living life man oh uh, <laughs> seriously I, I am man like i just take it one day at a time bro and uh that's just my goal just just to be happy but if you're looking for me anywhere you can find me on all social medias um love and sip up l-o-v-e and sip hop everywhere um and i'm pretty sure i'll pop up yeah I got yep. the YouTube link down below, but he's also got Instagram, Facebook. He's on all the major socials. Check out his show, man. He's, I, last time I checked, you were running at least two a day. Is that still true? Uh, Still true. Sometimes three. Sometimes okay. four. You just right. never know, man. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. So today, this this my second show today. Okay. I know for, for sure I got one more tonight. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hang on, 2K. I'm going to talk to you for one second after this, but I'm going to hang okay. up with the audience right here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out on the True Life Podcast today. I hope your day is going amazing. I hope that you choose to see yourself for the beautiful person that you are and know that you can conquer anything if you're willing to have the courage to try. So that's all we got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true, but you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.